Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm joined this week by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And by Tyrone Marshall. Hello. And both of you had the pleasures of a trip to Derby on Thursday night. (laughs) Wow, good start. Um, And you might have the pleasures of a trip to Wembley as well on the horizon. United into the FA Cup quarterfinals. What did you make of the win against Wayne Rooney's Derby County? Um, Yeah, it was was functional, wasn't it? It took United a little while to get going, really, fairly even game for half an hour a couple of, of derby chances but once they got that first goal it was just total control wasn't it and it was a very a very efficient performance the type that we haven't seen much of from United this season probably a little bit more of late and just yeah just very very comfortable very efficient played well without being brilliant um, Igalo obviously the highlight two two goals that I think arguably no other Manchester United striker would would score by virtue of the fact that I don't think any other Manchester United striker would be in the positions to score. I think if Martial or Rashford were, were playing centre-forward, they'd probably be you know, flitting around on the edge of the box on the left-hand side when the ball comes in. And Igalo just plays between the whites of the posts, which is why he gets so many chances. I mean, every game he's played so far, he's, he's virtually had a chance. His expected goals numbers are incredibly impressive just to go down the, the boring stat route. But you know, even for, for 20 minutes at Everton, I think it was 0.8. He had that great chance against Chelsea inside four minutes. So he comes on and he gets chances just in the right place place at the right time is finishing might not be ruthless he might not be taking every chance but he's he's getting them by virtue of being a centre forward who just stands around the penalty spot so he was the undoubted highlight but uh, yeah it was just routine and efficient which is something we're not used to saying about United this season I guess Samuel that is the biggest compliment because ahead well last year towards the tail end of last year particularly United were losing against every team that you'd maybe say they should be beating on paper but now United are just making them look like walks in the park and that is real compliment to the way United are treating these games it is. Uh, what, what is it? Nine unbeaten now, which is the best since Fol- uh, Solskjaer's first first eleven games as manager. Uh, I, I don't think anybody really thought they they would struggle last night. Well, there was there was one member who actually works for the club who was was a little bit um, pessimistic about it. He thought that there were too many changes and Lingard and Igalo and Mata hadn't played together. I was thinking, you know, this, I think they'll be all right here. And I think for 30 odd minutes, Derby looked looked fine. They they soaked up. There wasn't an awful lot of pressure and they then they'd spring the counter-attack. And if you've got Rooney on set pieces, that always gives you a chance. But it was it was just very comfortable. And as you say, I think that's, that's a, certainly a form of progress for United that they are able to... Uh, go into these games now looking a lot more authoritative a lot more likely that in, in terms of actually just beating the teams and, and not only winning but winning very comfortably um, so yeah it, yeah, I think Solskjaer spoke a lot about the, the progress that they're enjoying at the moment and 
why it's happening and what what prompted it. And I don't think you can underestimate those two weeks they had off in Marbella in February. And that I think you know a lot of people, a lot of fans certainly were probably sick of the sight of, of watching United up until that point, especially that goalless draw with Wolves. Uh, but then they recalibrated and they've they've gone from strength to strength pretty much. It's not been flawless. I mean, Everton in the second half, I thought there were some, some pretty disconcerting signs there, but. The squad in, in just about every area looks very strong at the moment. Ty, talking of strength to strength, Luke Shaw again. Another fantastic mm-hmm. display for him. Only his second goal for United. Well, well I think you'll find it with an assist. Yeah. Um, no way Jesse Lingard can <laughs> claim that, can he? Well, he can't claim it, but it did hit him. So technically, by the rules of football, the it rules is of his football goal. Are boring, aren't they? You'd you'd claim it, Rich. Yeah, of course I would. If you've got, <laughs> if you've got say, a £20,000 goal bonus written into your contract, do you say that ball hit me and it's my goal. That's interesting, isn't it? For the, yeah. the financial yeah. aspect of it all. But, Who uh, gets the goal bonus? You, you, you've got to. You can, there's that no way you can claim like it. That piece for a certain niche American website <laughs> to write up, I think. <laughs> I think Harry Kane would claim it, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean... It, it's a standard player, I think. Yeah. By the rules, it did hit him. But, yeah, I mean, Luke Shaw deserves... I mean, it was... Ironic if it is Lingard's goal, considering his attempt at the shot before Luke Shaw was uh, oh, pretty, yeah. pretty disastrous. So yeah, Shaw Shaw was was great and has been great for a while now. And I mean, a lot of United players have, have really found some form, but he is one. And I, I remember doing his, his the Sunday section of his press conference before United played Liverpool back in January, and he said to us then that in in Luke Shaw he thought United he thought he had potentially the best left back in England. And at the time when those quotes came out, I think there was a lot of ridicule that he's not the best left back in. At United, never mind the best left back in England, but Solskjaer has. Well, he's probably the third best at that time because there's actually Young and Brandon Williams ahead of him. Yeah, true, true. So, but you know, it, he's he's not the best left back in England yet. Let's not get carried away. But he's had a fantastic month. Is is clearly the first choice left back ahead of Brandon Williams at the moment. Is clearly the first choice left side of centre half when they play a three at the back and has found a level of consistency that that we haven't seen since the early days of his United career. And I think that's really positive for him. Be no surprise if he was in the next England squad. And if he can stay fit now, then you know I think we, we might start to see the best of him. And he spoke as well last week. Uh, head of the Club Rouge game, didn't he? Uh, Luke Shaw, he's mm. very open about that. Uh, Sam, do you think this is the best form of his United career so far? Uh, since the start to his second season, where he was pretty spectacular up until that that horrific injury he had in, in Eindhoven, I probably would say so. He was very good the first, first couple of months of last season, but I think what a lot of people hold against him is that he played well, then he got a new contract, and he didn't reach those heights again throughout the rest of the season whereas now I think it has helped having Williams come in and you know offer that additional competition um I think Solskjaer deserves a lot of credit as well for it I mean he was open to ridicule by putting Shaw back in a back three when his previous stint there against Barcelona he scored an own goal and got booked uh but by by no means it wasn't as disastrous a performance as it just seems on paper and he has looked very good um you know, I think he's suited to both roles. As Ty said, it would be—I think it'd be a travesty if he wasn't in the England squad. I think there's so many reasons why he should be at the moment on form. He's probably England's best left back. I think he's got a higher ceiling than Ben Chilwell. England don't are not blessed with excellent centre halves, and you know Southgate has a penchant for playing a back three. So there's no reason why he couldn't slot in there like Walker did at, at the last World Cup. I think it's also testament to his durability that against Derby. He was the only player from the back five at Everton who was willfully selected 
in the Lindelof only played. I think I think Solsky said he was going to play Maguire, but obviously he got injured. Whereas with Shaw, he you'd think Derby, okay, bring Williams in. It's a chance to give Shaw a rest, but his his durability, his his fitness, it seems to be even better than it was at the start of last season when he obviously went to Dubai and you know tried to get into the best shape as possible. And I know he does get jibes about his physique, and he's spoken quite openly about that. But when you're as close to him or chatted to him as you know, I'm chatting to you right now. It, looking at him, it's pretty much all muscle there. There's a lot of muscle, but he, he's, he's quite a unit. He's not far off being, you know, having the physique of a Bond henchman or something like that, um, which might explain why he was so friendly with Memphis Depay during his uh, his time at United. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's in undroppable form at the moment, and that was reflected again by, by him coming off last night. Ty, you mentioned Ojo Nagalo. How mm. many goals do you have to score to get a contract? <laughs> Three now. Level with uh, what Henrik Larsson achieved in his time at United on loan. Fans love him. Mm. Solskjaer loves him. He's scoring goals. What more can he do? He is, yeah. I mean, I said to, while we were milling around, waiting for fruitlessly waiting to speak to players after the game last night, I did say to uh, another member of the press pack, that they're going to sign him, aren't they? And he just replied straight away, going, yes, you know, undoubtedly it's going to happen. And I, I, still, I still think they won't sign him, but... He, he is exactly what United need. And in the piece I did from the game last night, I used that quote from Solskjaer back in August where he said, and he got a lot of stick for it at the time, and it was classic Solskjaer delving into his United memory bank when he said he basically wanted a striker like himself in the team who can score the scrappy goals. But that's exactly what he's got in Agalo, and you can see the benefit it, it's got. I mean, he arguably had one in Lukaku, to be fair. Um, but obviously, his, his face didn't fit for whatever reason. Um I still think there's there's upgrades on Igalo in terms of fulfilling that role. So I wouldn't be rushing into a deal to sign him unless he is somehow available very cheap from from China. But you wouldn't expect that to be the case. But yeah, he's done a great job. Like I say, he gets a lot of chances. He's in the right place to, to get chances. He's allowed United to rest Martial, which is massive at the moment, considering Marcus Rashford's out. Um, and at, at the moment, you'll have no qualms about starting him in, in both of these Europa League games. You'd have no qualms really in starting him at Norwich, I don't think, in, in the quarterfinals. So he's he's done a great job. And, you know, you'd write, United were probably rightly ridiculed at the time for, for signing him. And it, 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 it was heading towards desperation and they were always going to get a stick for a signing like that. But he is he is doing what they required and arguably more. But I still wouldn't be signing him unless he somehow ends the season with 20 goals. Hmm, that's his challenge <laughs> and I'm not going to fund it personally <laughs> if he does Samuel another veteran striker this one was playing midfield Wayne Rooney um, great reception from the United fans as, as you'd expect they were phenomenal at Pride Park but what did you make of Wayne Rooney you already touched upon his uh, set piece prowess had two good efforts saved by Sergio Romero but uh, I mean I saw some fans on social media saying maybe we should have well, they were saying as United fans maybe we should have signed Wayne Rooney oh dear um, <laughs> but uh, I need to right some wrongs here, don't I? Uh, well, look, with with Rooney at United, I mean he was he was past it from 2013. They should have sold him then, uh, but obviously Moyes came in and Moyes wanted a, another crack at managing Rooney, so he decided to uh, spend most of his summer keeping a busted flush rather than building a squad that might actually make him look like a good manager and got sacked 10 months later uh, with with Rooney at United in fairness to him when he was made captain I think he, he actually grew into that captaincy role but while he was growing into that captaincy role his actual powers as a footballer were, were waning if you pardon the pun and Mourinho 
probably wasn't quick enough to discard him. I think he dropped him in late September, but by that time they'd lost a couple of games that he'd started in uh, against City and against uh, Watford away. He was particularly abysmal. I think Rooney actually has referred to that game about how bad it was in it, and that was it for him pretty much. But he was always going to get a, a great ovation. Um, he'd, he'd obviously played against United before with, with Everton, but it seemed like, you know, as, as people say, it was too soon, too soon to have like a you know massive love in with Rooney. And it does help when you're even less of a threat playing for a championship club, um, particularly at a championship club who, although you know, quite a big club historically, are, are not going to be troubling the playoffs at all this season and are probably underachieving. So it was, it was an ideal night for United fans, and that it was an easy win. They could, you know, air their new songs. They could, you know, pay a pay in to uh, to Rooney as well. And there are times where you know the odd Hollywood pass, the odd set piece, where that that class is permanent. And I think even in his latter years at United, there was always there was always an annual reminder of his genius. Whether it was the, the volley at West Ham at Upton Park, that half volley against Villa. Um, the run he went on in the 2016 Cup final to get that equaliser. I don't think there was anyone at Wembley that day that wanted to win the FA Cup more than Rooney, purely because he had never won it before and that was his chance to complete the set. It was a competition that meant a lot to him going back to when he was a boyhood Evertonian and then beating United in 95. Uh, but you know, he, he is what he is. I mean, Liam Corliss likes what I said about him when I said that he's like poorly from Goodfellas and that to dark for dark. Still not yeah. idea who he is. <laughs> is in the he he moves slow, but that's because he doesn't have to move for anybody. That's kind of like his status at, at Derby, pretty much. But uh, I mean, it could it could fade into nothingness really, unless Derby you know, come close to promotion next season or, or do get promoted. But. Uh, it's it's still good to watch him, and I think for a generation, maybe your generation, given your your youthful age, Rich, I'll uh, take that as a compliment. He is, he is an icon, and understandably so. Yeah, uh, Ty Rooney had dreams of winning the FA Cup. United have realistic dreams of winning it themselves this season. Norwich away in the quarterfinals. That's the draw they wanted, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's the easiest draw left in the competition, wasn't it? That I liked it at home. Not away from home. Though. Yeah, they would have liked it at home, and we would. But have their liked best it at performance of the more. season maybe was not away. Yeah, yeah. I missed two penalties. That still, that's from a purely selfish perspective. But and I mean, they did beat them even more comfortably at Old Trafford, didn't they? Yeah, but so, they had the missed penalties. And also, Carrow. Old Trafford's just down the road. Norwich is <laughs> expenses <miles> away. <laughs> Don't give secrets away. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is the draw they want. Like you said, they've, they've beaten Norwich comfortably twice this season. And we were talking about Norwich on the way home last night. On the sounds like a good card journey. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a was bizarre it. journey home. We managed to get from Derby to Manchester without seeing a motorway. Impressively, oh, really. So, that yeah, sounds, it was, sounds like a different podcast. So as we were as we were cruising over the Peak District at quarter past twelve at night, we uh, we got onto the subject of Norwich. It was it was a fascinating journey, and they do boast about how they play open football and. They're great to watch. They're nice to watch. They're a nice addition to the Premier League, but they're going to go down because they play such open football. And by being open, they're playing to United's hands, really, because that's not the way to beat United. You don't beat United by being open and allowing yourselves to be counter-attacked on. So I think they suit United. United should should win that quarter-final. As big an opportunity as it is for Norwich to to progress, it, it should be United, really. And, you know, they're still in two cup competitions here by the end of this month by the, by the international break there could be an FA Cup semis the Europa League quarterfinals and still banging the top four race so this, this from pretty you know, when you think back to that defeat against Burnley, what, what was the nadir of the season when it felt like it could all unravel and we could be talking here and United were out of cups and 10th in the league and Charles Scott had been on the verge. Suddenly, 
there's they're going to win it all, aren't they? There's light at the end of the tunnel where you can see a route to a, a fairly successful season. What constitutes success? Well, for you, I mean, at this stage now, because like you said, it's gone from being very bleak to now very optimistic, mm. but it now almost feels like if you don't get to the FA Cup final, it's going to be a failure. It, um, it's, it's, it's a tricky one, that. It's the, if, if they win the Europa League, it's that that is a successful season. It's not where they want to be, but they've they've won a trophy. Uh, Solskjaer's won a trophy, so that I think even using the phrase by sometimes seems a bit disingenuous at the moment because things are going pretty well a nine game unbeaten run isn't just something that's happened overnight that that is a measure of some progress uh but that that does constitute a successful season that you've achieved both you know what you've set out to do which is get back into the champions league and and get a trophy i suppose with the fa cup of course they want to win it but if if, if they win it and they're still in the europa league next season um, that there'll be a few, there'll be a fair few dissenters saying, "Well, okay, can you go for Pochettino now?" Yeah, well, we got that. But it's so much more nuanced than that. Well, we got a message on Twitter this week from Scott Thornton. Uh, we yes. do welcome any of your questions as well that come in to the podcaster. He asked, "Does Oli need to get top four to keep his job?" He says, "I know Edward is backing him, but all the links of Pochettino, Allegri, and Thomas Tuchel is top four still." going to decide whether or not Solskjaer keeps his job at the end of the season or do you think that has been enough over these last couple of months particularly to, to prove he's going to get backed it's it's just not as black and white as it felt with Van Gaal where it pretty much was like that but if he did somehow fluke it into getting back you know, staying in the Champions League I think they'd have still gone for Mourinho because they were so far down the line but if they was to if they were to miss out on Champions League qualification by a point or something like that um, and they win the FA Cup as I said there were so many possibilities then I can see them keeping him but if they obviously finish 7th or 8th and they're nowhere near getting into Europe then and, and they're not in the Champions League then okay it's it's probably time to move on I think one way or another they will be playing in a European competition next season uh, from a, I speak on behalf of just about everyone associated with United who works for or works on United that that's in the Champions League that's where everyone wants to be uh, the Europa League can be pretty soul destroying at times um, even though it has its it has its perks from from a professional perspective and I think the United fans have lapped it up but it, as I said it's such a as is the case with a lot of things in, in football it's so nuanced in terms of what could happen there but he, he's certainly going to see out the season I think certainly in December those games against Tottenham and City which they won back to back I think they pretty much have, have kept him for the rest of the season and as Jan Argafyotov um, said to me last night he said it's like it's like sometimes you know, with United like they're on the Titanic they're just clinging on they always get that result that suddenly turns the fortunes although the Titanic did still sink <laughs> reads that what you want but still I, made a cracking film so yeah, yeah. I, I mean I think he's very close to unsackable territory this summer already. I think things would have to go drastically wrong between now and the end of the season for him to go. United have invested so much emotionally into him and this cultural reboot rather than just in in finance as well. And you know, they've not just plucked a big name manager and, and given a big name manager a job. They've they've backed Solskjaer to, to transform this squad and perform this cultural reboot and, and things like that. And it feels like they're it feels like they're heavily invested within in his success and I think even if they finished I mean if they finished fifth 
reach the semi-finals of both domestic cup competitions and then wait and see over the Europa League. I mean, I think that's a pretty acceptable season, really, considering the start of the season. I think most people probably thought they had the fifth best squad in the league to reach the semi-finals of both cup competitions. Obviously, they might go further in the FA Cup. Who knows? I think you. I think it'd be harsh to sack him on on that. Um, he has. He is definitely a lucky manager. He now needs to prove that he's a good manager. Well, today's one year anniversary since PSG away. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that was the ultimate moment of luck really because he got his team selection wrong there I mean it was never a handball hadn't got injured I think it was a handball but if Eric Bailly hadn't got injured then would he have corrected that disaster and also did he he even get injured though I remember well I remember I think it was Ian Rush who said if you're having a bad game always pretend you're injured when you get subbed off so you've got an excuse yeah yeah and that's what Eric Bai stunk of that night because he was atrocious. <laughs> he was terrible for half an hour and Solskjaer got that team wrong but still came up smelling of roses which is the, the position he was in at that point. And also, had United stuck to their word of making a decision at the end of the season, then he wouldn't be United manager now. See, I, th- I think he would have been because I don't... It, just by the pure... The probability of it, those last 12 games, if he's the caretaker, just to caretake for that run, given the run it'd been on of 14 wins and 17, mm-hmm. there's no way to have just won two games. Yeah, wouldn't have tailed yeah. off, would it? And they might have been in the Champions League, yeah. ironically. Yeah, I mean, they, they were clearly knackered and there were fitness issues. And I'm not saying that they'd have finished in the top four or anything like that, but they had. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they'd have had a more fruitful run in than it ended up. and. I mean, they, they could. I think it was up until the penultimate game they could have still finished in the top. Four yeah, and then they the drew at Huddersfield and lost against Cardiff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so they could easily. Don't they Great easy, days. I mean, hindsight, lots of things. The other teams could have got different results as well. So yeah, it is much the muchness. Um, United hopes top four this season will rely heavily on Bruno Fernandes. He's been nominated for February's Premier League Player of the Month. Just how good is he? I know we had the oh, discussion on the desk. Uh, one of the City writers actually said, is he actually very good or is he just better than the other midfielders United I have? I can guess who that might Yeah, yeah. Um I guess the question is, would have we seen enough from, would he have got into any of Ferguson's great teams? <sighs> Does it matter? Yeah, that, that is completely irrelevant. Completely the irrelevant. I'm asking. The game has changed <laughs> since then. You know, it, 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 yeah, if you put this Bruno Fernandes in those teams, he would because he was miles fitter than all of those other midfielders. Because the game is so much more intense now. Oh, you're so. one of those. <laughs> well, it's true. Papering the great, the great it's, Brazilian sides. It's Fred would start for them. <laughs> Andres Pereira, centre attacking mid. Fred, Fred would have got in that team ahead of Pele. <laughs> but it is, it That's is what we've learned. It is an irrelevant debate on yeah. a number of levels. He is better than any Man United midfielder at the moment. Yeah, he is driving them on. He has got, as Solskjaer has said a few times now, he's got relentlessly high standards. It was noticeable last night in that, you know, he dished out. He, he, he had a go at McTominay for one loose pass that went out and just turned around and waved his arms. As Samuel noticed, he, he had a go at Dallow for not making a forward run. I think he had a go at Fred for not giving an earlier ball to Matteris. Soscar has spoken about this absolute desire to win within him and he's clearly got that desperation to, to win and succeed. And it's impressive that he's been here five, six weeks and he's you know in, in a new country and he's happy to be on the pitch and give his teammates a dressing down if they're not pulling their weight that's impressive undoubtedly and that's the leadership you want and he has played well so it's refreshing isn't it that, that United have brought a player in for a, a big fee still and he come in with the sort of ego of that saying well I'm yeah. one of the best players do, here do you know who else did that more most recently a new signing Sanchez ah. he had he was very very um, voluble on the pitch to say the least I think it Certainly, I heard a lot about it at Arsenal. The Arsenal players were quite peeved about him saying, give me this, give me that, and etc. Um, and of course, 
he went to United and he was still the same, but he was just, again, a little bit like Rooney, a busted flush by that point. We shall see what the future holds. So, like just still a United player. Solskjaer said, we'll see what happens in the summer. Prove, prove, prove you're all wrong, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> uh, Manchester Derby this weekend. Early team news, Harry Maguire missed the game, along with Daniel James and Wan-Bissaka against Derby. Who do we expect to be back to face City this weekend, Samuel? Well, uh, he's hope. Well, this is the problem. Um, when when Solskjaer talks injury news, his, his diagnosis on injury is about as, as reliable as Doctor Nick's in The Simpsons. Like you just, as I said to Ty, I've got to get in this habit when I'm writing my team news injury lines of writing it as Solskjaer claimed, yeah. because he's just not transparent. Um, he's he's like Ferguson. Ferguson fibbed all the time, and there's there's definitely some sense in in doing that. I think. Yeah, with the Marshall thing against Everton last week, he's not with the squad on the Saturday night. Then he links up with them on the Sunday morning. So, within those, I don't know, twelve or sixteen hours, whatever it was, that Everton must have thought, having if they did see it, they'd have been thinking, well, okay, we're, we're, we're coming up against Igalo rather than Marshall, and then Marshall's in the team. So there's some merit in it. It doesn't really help us from our perspective, but there were some telling signs with. Fred Fernandez and Shaw coming off early. Obviously, they're all they're all going to start anyway. Uh, again, it'll be interesting to see what he does with the midfield because Matic was was rested, and I think he's played. I think he's played eight of the last nine. Started eight of the last nine league games. The only one he missed was Wolves because he was suspended from the red card he picked up against City. He was pretty good in both City games in the League Cup in January, uh, coming on and kind of like stemming. You know, I mean, United were absolutely abysmal in that first half at Old Trafford, but Matic came in and kind of plugged the gaps there for the second half and scored the winner in the second leg. So, I mean, it seems I, I, I certainly thought Greenwood was was okay at Everton, but he it wasn't the kind of performance from a player from a talent that would suggest that he's ready for the maelstrom of a of a Manchester derby against probably the best City team there's ever been and one of the best teams there's there's ever been in English football uh, and, and that's the that's the quandary there because you'd think either him or J- Daniel James have to start and Solskjaer said James and Wambisaka hadn't been training so I think he said today's today speaking on Friday is a recovery day their final training session will be on the Saturday so there are a couple of there were a couple, there were a couple of uncertainties there I think as is the case with most most games with United, certainly league games, you could probably guess about eight or nine of the starters. But again, there's that uncertainty in attack, whether you play four midfielders or whether you play three forwards. Um, City you? sprung a surprise, yeah. obviously, in the League Cup home uh, Old Trafford tie, and they, they did again against Madrid last week. What would you go for in terms of the actual formation? I mean, it's been three at the back, hasn't it, for most of the big games lately? Mm-hmm. You'd expect Which have that been again. mainly away from home, apart yeah. from Liverpool, I think, yeah. which they got a draw for. Would you treat it similarly? I know it's a derby at home, but sure, from my point of view, sure it makes sense to go free at the back. And if James didn't fit, you can have two strikers and you could have a Garlow and Marshall from the start. I think he will... This is just a gut instinct. I think he will play like two strikers in a... It doesn't have, doesn't necessarily have to be two centre-forwards, no. but in that that system. It's, it's, it's a really tricky one because United are on a good run at the moment and... You know, been unbeaten in nine and Solskjaer did touch upon it because I think United have only won two of their last ten at home to City which is a dreadful record dating back to I think it started with a 6-1 
um, under Ferguson. And Solskjaer said, he was asked about why have they been so poor at home to City. And he said, well, sometimes you can be a bit more open and City will pick you off if you're not 100% on it. So him saying that, I mean, when it comes to Sunday and the team drops, th- that quote's going to be brought up. Whatever team he's used, he's either, you know, want, wants to go a little bit more gung-ho or he's going to be very respectful of City. Even when they played that back three at City in January, City still had an awful lot of chances. It was just a week where somehow they had about enough chances to win every game that month. But against Tottenham and United, they just couldn't score for Toffee. So United still did concede chances there and were relying... I think De Gea was, was particularly good that game. So it's, there's no guarantee that playing a back three is just going to stem the flow of City whatsoever. So, uh, Ty, I guess like Samuel said there, Matic probably you would bring in. He was so good in both mm. the League Cup games against City. Who would drop out of the midfield for you? McTominay? Um, if anyone. If, uh, well, if anyone. Yeah, we, saw, the thing we did that... see the diamond at Everton as well, didn't we? It Rich? wouldn't be a surprise if he tried to fit all of them in again even if that meant using Fred even if that was like meant as a you know kind of a 4-3-3 and you play sorry Fernandez in one of the wide attacking mm-hmm. roles potentially or you play the diamond but yeah I wouldn't be surprised <coughs> tricky because I'm always surprised to see a back three but then if you play a back three I'm not sure you can fit all four centre mids in and it's a weird formation you've invented here it is yeah <laughs> he's, he's not started Williams for a while either has he no no well, that's Bruce, why Bruce away you tell me <laughs> I think so I think so yeah mm. um, yeah it's I mean I guess that was that was what was odd about the derby game because I think everyone expected Williams to come in because even though Shaw's been brilliant it did seem maybe a risk that wasn't oh the Derby County game yeah, yeah the yeah. Derby County game yeah very difficult to talk about know, Derby twice Derby in the week isn't it yeah Derby with a capital D yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean I think it's I wouldn't be surprised to see that back three but then I think you're going to struggle to get all the four midfielders in and a, McTom- McTominay Fred and Fernandes is your first choice midfield as good as Matic has been lately so I don't know so I'd go you'd... Matic or McTominay for I think a big game having started three games in eight days and just come back from injury yeah. I think starting Matic ahead of McTominay against a team as relentless as City if you're going to play three centre mids would be the way to, to bring him in definitely and at the risk of reading too much into it Fred and Fernandez came off at Derby mm. County mm. Matic was rested McTominay played the full game yeah so by, by, by the stage of last night I think he'll have had a very good idea of what his team's going to be for Sunday anyway so at the risk of reading too much into it you could probably see McTominay being the unlucky fall guy there. Centre back, I'm guessing you both going Lindelof ahead of Bay, are you for this weekend or? I think I think Solskjaer will if yeah. Maguire is fit, obviously. Um, and I could see sense in that. In that, I, I certainly thought Bay should have started against Everton because he's he's got the pace and he's got the aggression to shackle or try and shackle Calvert Lewin. Lindelof is not aggressive and he's not quick, and he got rinsed a number of times in that game. With City, it's it's a little bit different. Um, it's more about concentration and having that positioning and that discipline. And, and Lindelof did play well at the Etihad in December, I think, the, when they won 2-1 there. Um, I think a lot of people would be tempted to go with Bay, but maybe Lindelof is the more sensible pick. Ty, prediction for Sunday? <sighs> Vague prediction. Um, I think it'll be a classic. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Wow! No, no, if, if, you, if, if you, it's one of those. If you know, you know. After uh, Jamie Jackson's yeah press conference appearance last night, he 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 was asking. I did see the all the quotes this morning saying social particular classic derby encounter against. Oh, did he? <laughs> well, Jamie said, "Please say a classic," 
and there was uproarious laughter when he after he phrased this question you know, do you think it'll be a great game and then he goes to, to Ole and he goes please say a classic <laughs> um, in his in his own uh, inimitable Charm. style mm. yes um, yeah I'm not sure it will be a classic I think it'll be pretty tight I think United will probably learn lessons from the home game in, in the Carabao Cup so wouldn't surprise me if it was a draw to be honest I think United would take a draw if they can make it 10 unbeaten then a draw I think would be a good result Samuel? It's, it's, it is boring but I, I could see it being a draw uh, when speaking to people at the club they said during that given that it's pretty much the same time it started last year that bad run in they had towards the end of the season they thought the City game epitomised it in the, in the first half United were kind of their equals it was nil-nil but they'd run out of steam and in the second half it was it was just a procession uh, I can't see it ending up as, as straightforward as, as that game last season where as, as, as I said you know, City were, were very very comfortable in the second half and um, it, it, you know, Matteo Darmian was starting as well that night it's weird wow. weird weird fact from that game yeah We've got, that'll be a good bit of trivia in a few years, won't it? You can join us on that Manchester's Red podcast when you have to a do that. A pointless answer from the Manchester United team <laughs> lost to Manchester City. Well, that's one. who knows if there'll be any pointless answers this weekend. Uh, Samuel, Ty, thank you very much for joining us on the latest episode thank of the Talking. Uh, the Manchester's Red podcast. Get your brand in right, come on. It's difficult having to do two different podcasts for two different teams, but uh, we'll be fine. Uh, please do leave a like and subscribe if you aren't already. We'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening.